We are in part five of our series entitled, It's Not What It Looks Like. It's not what it looks like. We're looking at the life of Joseph, and I've actually, I'm covering chapter 42, 43, 44, and 45, so we're going to be here for about three and a half hours, so just get ready. (laughs) And we're going to stand for all of the reading, all right? We're going to stand for the four chapters. No, we're not going to do that. In fact, uh, I'm only going to bring you to two, two passages up front. So we're in chapter 42, verse 1, and if you're new with us, you're checking out this Jesus thing or church, let me just say just a couple things up front. We're a community of people. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that. We believe that he's the only way to the Father. Uh, We believe believe in the Bible. We believe that, that the scriptures that are in front of us is God's inspired word to us. We not only believe that it was spoken, we believe it's still speaking. And so I just want to be clear, if you're checking out our church or you're watching us online and you're checking this thing out, uh, when you come to this community, we'll never not open the Bible. We're always going to open the Bible. We're going to look to it for direction, for discernment, for encouragement. And so we're doing that today. And we're in the first book of the Bible. There's actually 66 books in the, in the, in the Bible. We're looking at the first one. It's called Genesis, which means beginnings. And in fact, so the beginning of Genesis is kind of telling us how this whole thing happened and why we're here. And what is this all thing about? And you may be here today and you may disagree with creation. You may disagree with that. Can I tell you that you're welcome? I'm so glad you're here. And you don't have to agree with creation to still get something out of this message, all right? So I just wanna encourage you, if you would, even if you disagree with that part, you can still open up to this moment. We're actually gonna be at the end of Genesis and Genesis concludes with a story about this man named Joseph, all right? So are we there? Chapter 42, verse one, and uh, here it is on the screen. It says, when Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? So we're gonna look at, and just I wanna ask a question. What in the world made Jacob ask his sons this question? What's that about? So we're gonna look at that. And what does that have to do with us today in our lives? We're working nine to five and figuring out life. What does that have to do with us? All right, go over to chapter 45, Verse one, the Bible says, I like that, I heard some pages turn. You guys are more godly than everybody else. Did you know that? (laughs) That's me included. I don't even have pages up here. 45 verse one says, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants and he cried out. He said, have everyone leave my presence. So what's that about? What, What would cause Joseph to have so much emotion in this moment? I've entitled this message this morning, if you're taking any notes, Surprised by Grace. Surprised by Grace. Can we pray? And I wanna pray for our small groups that are gonna be launching. If you feel any tug on your heart to lead a small group, we need you. Don't look at our church and think there's not a place for you. you we need you. If God's put any, any thought in your mind about leading people, um, you can sign up online, you can talk to somebody out front that's wearing a lanyard, but I would, I would ask you to honestly consider it, pray about it, because uh, God's gonna tell you to do it, all right? And uh, we're just pray, let's pray that as we open up a semester of small groups in just a few weeks, that God would really use them. Uh, they're so important in our lives. Father, we just thank you so much for the, 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 the time that we get together as uh, friends and family and God, we thank you for the brand new people that are here checking this church out. And God, I just pray that they would feel welcome. And Lord, I lift up these small groups that are gonna be launching in just a few weeks. And God, there are leaders in this room that are untapped. God, they're, they're, maybe they've been on the sidelines and God, you're calling them in the game. And Lord, what an opportunity. God, we'll train them, we'll set them up, you know all that. God, I just pray that you would speak to them today. And even in advance, prepare our groups for life change. In Jesus' name, and somebody said, 
Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. I, I, uh, I got I to be honest with you. I am not a crier, okay, until I am. You know how that works? It's like, I'm not going to spend any money until I do. You ever said that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a crier, uh, but I got to be honest with you. I've cried a few times. I don't know if that makes me a crier, but I've cried a few times. Um, when I thought about it, uh, the 1994 NBA Finals where the Orlando Magic played the, the Houston Rockets and got swept. Um, I have to be honest with you, when Nick Anderson missed those four free throws straight, I dropped to my fifth grade knees and cried out to God. I, I, like, I absolutely cried out to God. Um, if you know anything about me, I'm a Magic fan. Uh, even when I grew up, I grew up in Orlando and I would wear, if I ever went to a game, I would wear shorts and I would tighten my sneakers because I... No joke, I genuinely thought they may need me tonight. <laughs> like, that's a, that is a real thing. Like, that was a real deal. Like, I had the, my heart was fluttering. Like, oh my gosh, there's 17,000 people here. I'm gonna make the shot. It's gonna happen. You know, Penny Hardaway. Oh, come on now. Penny Hardaway. And he's gonna break his ankle and I'm the next Penny. I had the shoes. My mom had to take out a loan to get them. <laughs> Okay, so I cried at the Atlanta Magic. I, I did cry when both of my kids were born. Like I had a moment there that I didn't expect. Uh, and then randomly I cried at the Cars 3 movie. So if, if any parents have watched Cars 3, Lightning McQueen like transitions to Cruise and I lost it. I just, I don't know what happened, but for whatever reason I'm there in the theater with my son and I'm crying my eyes out uh, at the idea of that. So I, 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 I'm not a crier until I cry. Uh, but, but there is one thing that almost makes me cry every time, okay? And, and maybe you agree, we'll find out. It's when I'm scrolling through Facebook and it comes to those military videos where they come back early to surprise the, the family. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I, I don't know how you guys like engage that moment, but for me, when I see it on the thing, because you know, you have to click it for audio, right? It's not audio, you know, because... So I, I'll scroll and I'll see it and I'll go, okay, do I want to cry right now or do I not? <laughs> that's the real question because I'm going to cry if it happens. Like that's, Do I want to have an emotional moment in Subway right now at lunchtime or do I not want to have an emotional moment because it's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like there's something to it. Um, you, you know what I'm talking about? In fact, I, I just, uh, should we show you one? Yeah. Some of you said no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, too bad, okay, because I'm going to show you one. Check this, check this minute clip out. Every time, <laughs> every time I've seen, I, I've already seen that video. Um, gosh, every single time. Isn't that just so powerful? 
Hey, can I just take a moment? I know it's not a holiday, but who cares? Um, if, if you've served in any of our military, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you don't need, we can do it on non-holidays too, can't we? We honor you, we love you. So I did show that video for a moment, for a reason, I promise. What happened in the video? Let's just break it down for a second. They were surprised by grace. Like that's the part that kind of gets you a little bit is that the, the dad or mom wasn't supposed to come home yet. Like, in fact, we need to define grace to really understand it. And if you're taking any notes, grace is this. It's simply favor you didn't earn nor deserve, right? Those, those, two, those, those children, they didn't know that. That wasn't what was expected. And so they were surprised by grace. They were surprised by grace. How many of y'all like to be surprised by grace? Come on, am I right? Let's, let's just throw a couple down there to prove it, okay? Let's say, uh, how about financial grace, Anybody like to be surprised by financial grace? Whether it's your mortgage is paid off or, or maybe a payment was happened or a debt that you couldn't pay and something happened, we like to be surprised by grace, right? Uh, what about this? What about relational grace? You blew it, right? You said something you shouldn't have. There's no email that can make it right. And then for some reason, they choose to forgive you, they restore the relationship and you just kind of take a breath of fresh air like, oh my goodness, I don't deserve that right? That's just, we love that, right? Okay. What about physical grace, right? Like you got a bad doctor's report, something wasn't good and you were surprised. God's healed you. It's changed you. Oh, isn't that good? Can I tell you what the most important one is? Is spiritual grace. All the other three are awesome. And I believe God wants to do that in your life. But if he can only do one, no doubt about it. Am I in the right room? It would be spiritual grace that we're after. I want to share with you a story about someone that was surprised by grace. In fact, it was a group of guys that were surprised by grace. So we are in Genesis chapter 42, verse one, and now we're gonna read some scriptures so you can pull out your Bibles if you'd like to. But we've been looking at, at the life of Joseph and we've been focusing on the character of Joseph. In fact, I think, um, I think Joseph might be here. Um, if we put our hands together, Joseph might come out stage left. Can we try that? Let's put our hands together to see what happens. Okay, I see his head. We gotta get a little louder and he might come out. Okay, let's just see. All right. Joseph, my man. So good to see you. I didn't know you were on staff. That's amazing. How cool is that? <laughs> I was gonna use Pastor Joe, but I needed somebody a little better looking. So. And uh, you'll have to go watch, he preached two weeks ago, you'll have to watch his message to get that joke, all right? All right, so just, I just had to say that, all right? So it all ties in together. But Joseph, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for being with us today. And we've been looking at your life. We found out that you had a, you had a, um, you had a coat of many colors. Your dad seemed to really like you. God gave you a vision. You told your brothers, I don't know if that was the best idea, uh, but you did. And we learned about that. And then all of a sudden you, you found yourself in a pit and then, and then, you know, that didn't work very well. You were sold into slavery. Then you, then you, didn't you end up in Potiphar's house? Weren't you leading like everything of his? He was a really high official in Egypt. That's pretty impressive. But then Potiphar's wife, she dug you, didn't she? I mean, how could she not? You're so good looking. It's crazy. Yes. No, it's, that was a Joseph twirl. That is, that's the, Yeah. 
So yeah, and Potiphar's wife, and dude, you didn't even give in to the temptation, man. We applaud you today. That's awesome. And then, we, <laughs> that was his wife, by the way. <laughs> oh, I love it. You can't make it up. Oh, man. Hey, but she didn't shout about your good looks. So what's up with that, wifey? What's up with that? And uh, so, so Potiphar, so right, and then, but Potiphar's wife, she tried to blame you. You ended up running down the street buck naked just to get away from that temptation. And, but she still blamed you. You found yourself in a prison. Gosh, that must have been terrible, man. Then you interpreted two different dreams, and one of them grabbed the attention of Pharaoh. And, and then he made you like the, his right-hand guy. That's amazing. And so we've learned this story. We've been following this story. We've been, we've been learning from the life of Joseph. So let me, let, me, let me make this very clear. As we've been looking at Genesis, we've been seeing ourselves as Joseph. And that's good. We've been learning from that. We've been learning that, that life isn't always fair. Will we be still faithful even, even when life isn't fair? We've been learning that God will take our mistakes and our mess ups and things that have happened to us and he'll turn them into something good. We've learned that he's gonna set us up and that God has an overarching plan. But can I tell you, there's been someone that's been missing from the story. Does anybody know who it is? There's a group of people that have been missing from the Genesis narrative. Who said that? The brothers, way to go. In fact, I think, do you think there might be brothers on this side of the stage? Possibly, right? Because we're prepared people at City Church. Come on, right? So can we put our hands together and welcome the brothers to the stage? Come on now, what's up, dudes? Let's go. Come on. Man, color coordinating everything. Man, you looking good. Y'all single? Lady, ladies, just look, just look around. Oh, man, look at that flower. <laughs> what are you doing? What's up with that? <laughs> oh, man, so good to see you. You look exactly what they probably looked like back in the day. That's got to be the look, man. It's so good to see you guys today. Now, I wanted to give you a physical representation um, because, uh, because I want to show you something. Because I, I, I want to propose that now in the story of Genesis, we should no longer see ourselves as Joseph but maybe we should see ourselves as the brothers. And if you don't believe me, let me convince you. All right, give me the next few minutes here. I wanna convince you of that. In fact, let me just find out if we can relate with the brothers or not, all right? So we're just gonna find out, okay? First of all, who got the dream? Have, who do you relate with more? Do you relate with the guy that has it all or the guy that didn't get it all? Right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I relate more with the idea that God gave someone else the favor but didn't give it to me. Come on. If we're, I mean, can we be honest? Can we be real? Okay, so if Joseph got the dream, the brothers, then they missed out on the dream. All right, let's go. Let's go to the next one. The brothers experienced jealousy. You ever experienced jealousy? Have you ever been jealous about what somebody else had? Come on. Every single one of us have, Right? Okay, next one. Have you ever hurt somebody else? Yes, yes you have. The answer is yes, by the way, if you're not sure. Don't be that self-righteous, come on. Come on. you that righteous, man. You need to go somewhere else because this ain't, we, come on. Well, you've hurt other people and maybe not physically, but with our words, with our actions, with our intentions, we've hurt people. Come on, let's be honest. Like that jealousy turned into moments where we, and so that leads to this. Look at the next one here. Have you ever felt guilt from sin? 
Have you ever laid your head at night and just gone, oh my goodness, I've blown it. I've absolutely blown it. I said that thing, I did that thing, whatever. We can relate with that, right? And that guilt, you know what that turns into? It turns into shame. Have you ever felt shame? It isolates you. In fact, it takes you away from people. It, 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 you start to believe a narrative that God never called you to believe. And so you start to say these things about you. And so the brothers experience shame. What else? They experience the emptiness from a famine. Now the brothers experience an emptiness from a physical famine. But my I propose that all of us have experienced emptiness from a spiritual famine. We've all experienced an emptiness. In fact, I'm convinced the Bible says that God puts eternity on our hearts. That I believe that there's an eternal part inside, there's a hole inside of every single one of us that only God can fill. There's, there's an emptiness until he fills that up. And so I wanna look at this story from the lens of the brothers. Can we, put the, can we give the brothers, can we give Joseph, can we give them a big hand for helping us out today? Thank you guys, you did so well. So we're here in chapter 42, verse one. And I'm going to read it a little bit, and then I'm going to paraphrase some of it, so stay with me today. But the Bible says this, when Jacob, Jacob is the dad, he's the dad of the 12 brothers, he learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, remember we asked this earlier, why do you just keep looking at each other? What's that about? Can I tell you why they kept looking at each other? Because Jacob brought up Egypt. You know what Egypt reminds them of? Reminds them of their brother. You know what their brother reminds them of? Their sin and their guilt. You know what their guilt reminds them of? Their shame. They want to avoid Egypt. Can we not relate? I don't wanna go there, God. I literally don't wanna go there. Let me stay here in famine, even though there's food on the other side of me working this out. Come on. Even though, even, even though it could be better over there, I'd rather stay here in famine. In fact, didn't God's people even say that to Moses? Why don't we go back into slavery? At least there was a little bit of food there. So he says, why do you keep looking at each other? He continued, I've heard that there's grain in Egypt. Guys, we're starving. Go down there and buy some food for us so that we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt, but Jacob did not send Benjamin, which was Joseph's brother. He was the youngest because he was afraid that harm might come to him. Jacob did not want to send Benjamin. Do you want to know why? Lots of reasons, but you know who Benjamin was? So Jacob's wife, Rachel, had two sons. So out of all of the 12 brothers, there was only two that came from Rachel. Do you know who they were? Joseph and Benjamin. Do you know who out of the four women that Jacob had children with, do you know who he loved the most? Rachel. He already lost one of Rachel's babies. He didn't want to lose another one. So there is no way that Benjamin's going. I mean, he's debating whether he's going to die out here in famine than have the opportunity of his heart dying from losing this son. But either way, they need to go. And so they keep, they keep Joseph back. Let's keep reading. Verse uh, five. So Israel's son were among those who went to buy grain. From there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. So here's this picture. The brothers in anger and jealousy and hatred sell their brother out. 
Joseph experiences the darkness of a pit. He experiences the shackle of chains. And now he finally finds himself free with power to do whatever he wants. And now he confronts his brothers and the plot thickens. I mean, you could feel it in the air. This, this, this moment, his heart is beating fast and the brothers don't know it yet, but Joseph is realizing it. You know it? And you know this moment, this verse six, this is the picture that Joseph got when he got the dream. Do you remember what, the, what it said? It said, Joseph, your brothers are gonna bow down before you. And now full circle, his brothers are right in front of him. Let's keep reading. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked, from the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Can I tell you, even though you don't recognize what God's up to, doesn't mean that God's not up to it. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't recognize you and where you are. They couldn't see the fact that God was literally putting their savior, their person right in front of them. But that didn't mean he wasn't there. So even that could be encouragement to us today that even if we can't see God's work at hand, doesn't mean he's not working. Verse nine, then he remembered his dreams about them and he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where your land is unprotected. Go ahead, go to the next verse. We'll skip down to verse 21. It says, they said to one another, surely we're being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when, we pleaded, when he pleaded for his life, but he wouldn't, we would not listen. That's why this distress has come to this. Let me clarify. They don't know Joseph is their brother yet. And here they are dealing with the guilt, dealing with the shame. They are sure that because they did that ill act, God is, repun- is repaying them with this moment right here. Go ahead, go to the next verse. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you guys to not sin against him? But you wouldn't listen, and now we must give an account for his blood. In verse 23, they did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. And so Joseph, right in the midst of everybody, he turns around and he begins to weep. So you have this picture of his brothers to his back. And they can't see the internal emotional struggle that's going on inside of Joseph. Did you know that throughout these scriptures, Joseph weeps seven times? It's just emotional. I mean, it is an emotional roller coaster that he's going on. He turned away and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. And he had Simon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Now, I want to summarize 43 in chapters 44 for you. So Joseph tells them, he says, guys, I'm going to give you your stuff. I'm gonna give you your grain. I want you to go back and I want you to get Benjamin. And if you don't bring back the youngest brother, I'm not giving you any more food. And as he brings them back, he actually puts their silver that they were gonna buy the sacks with, he, he, buy the food with, he puts it back into their sack. And so they're going back to their, to their father. They end up getting back to their father and, and they realize that the silver that they wanted to purchase the food with is now still with them. So they walk in, hey dad, we're back. We made it. Whew. We're here. What's your th- what do you think the first thing is that they did? They ate like any good godly believer would eat. Come on now. Am I in the right room? Yesterday, I literally, I was at lunch planning my dinner. Come on. 
Am I, anybody, can anybody agree with me or am I crazy? Like I, 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 that, I, I sat there at lunch. I was having a great lunch and I thought, okay, let's plan out the rest of the day starting with what's most important. Where are we eating for dinner? We'll plan everything around where we're going to eat. Come on, can I get a good amen? I just felt like it was a week. It's just, okay. So I, you, know, you know what they probably did? They haven't eaten. They're, they probably ate right away, I would think. And finally, the brothers get enough courage, right? And they go, hey, dad, uh, the guy that gave us the grain, he wants Benjamin. In fact, he said, he said we, can't, we can't go back there without that. And he's going, are you kidding me? Why did you even tell him about Benjamin? Well, he asked, I don't know, you know. I, oh, so the dad can't stand it. He says, um, I gotta tell you something else. Uh, the silver that we used to buy the food is still in our sacks. I'm pretty sure that they're gonna think we stole it. Jacob's sitting there going, you guys gotta be kidding me. I mean, this is nuts. So finally, famine hits. They're, they're not going back. I mean, you know, they're probably going, hey, we're done. Famine's gonna rise up. We're gonna end up being able to create some crops, all that stuff. But guess what? It didn't happen, did it? And so between 43 and 44 of, the, of those two chapters, all of a sudden famine strikes again. They run out of all their grain. They gotta go back. So they're dialoguing back and forth and Jacob does not wanna send his Benjamin. But you know what? Their bellies got so hungry, they had no choice. And so Jacob says, all right, send Benjamin, but get, all the, get a gift basket together get some Skittles, get his favorite M&Ms, put it all together, figure out what he likes. Let's get his, let's, let's make a, come on, I'm about to go old school. Anyway. Let's make a mixtape CD. <laughs> come on. We're gonna put it in a CD binder. If you're under 18, there's these things called discs. All right? Let's, let's, bring, it, let's bring it to this guy and let's see what happens. So they, they, they bring Benjamin. You know what you know, the Bible says? It says, the moment that Joseph saw Benjamin, he lost it. He lost it. He never thought he'd ever see him again. He's losing it a lot. And so, so they, they have a meal together and it's hard for, it's, it's emotional for Joseph. The brothers still don't know. They don't know who he is. He hasn't revealed that yet. He, they haven't been surprised by that grace yet. And so they're going back and forth and finally he fills them up. He sends them back on their way and he puts, David puts his cup, I'm David, Joseph puts his cup back into Benjamin's cloth, sack, and he sends them on their way. And as they're leaving, I don't know how long they, they were, and not, not too far, he, Joseph sends one of his officials out. The official comes out and says, hey, we think that the cup is stolen. We think maybe one of you guys did it. And of course, you know, the brothers, if you know the story, the brothers go, there's no way we did it. In fact, we'll make an oath. Don't make an oath. We'll make an oath. Whoever stole it will be your slave forever. He says, okay, well, let's open them up. And all of a sudden, probably the longest three or four feet of those brothers' lives, that cup falls out on that floor. They look up and it's Benjamin. Those brothers thought, my dad's dead. I mean, he's dead. I mean, there's, there's no way that we're done. This, this is crazy. They can't stand it. They're like, you know what? No, no, you're not just taking Benjamin. You're taking all of us. We're all going back. So they all go back. Right, so, they're, so now they're back, they're, they're, they're coming back to, the, to, to, uh, to Joseph, and now they're arguing back and forth. Joseph wants them, wants to keep, keep Benjamin. They, they, they don't wanna do that. They're telling him, listen, my dad is gonna die if this happens, right? And finally, Joseph gets to a point of breaking down. He can't take it anymore, and he basically says, clear the room. So now we're in chapter 45. 
And I don't know about you, but I think that was the best narrative storytelling that's ever walked the face of the earth. I'm just gotta be honest with you. First service, I butchered it a little bit. I probably did there too. If you know me at all, like I'm, so I've led worship for our church for maybe about a decade at some point. Um, they don't let me up here anymore, but, uh, but I would mess up words all the time. And it was, so it was a running joke. I wrote, I've written probably 30 songs. I forget my own words. Like I'm just, I don't know what the deal is. I'm just bad with details. And so here we are, Genesis chapter 45, and that you could feel the tension driving. They want Benjamin, there's no way, until finally Joseph inside, he's already weeped a couple times, he can't take it anymore. Verse one says, then Joseph can no longer control himself before all of his, his attendants, and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. The Bible says he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him. And the whole, all of Pharaoh's household heard that Joseph lost it with this group of Canaanites at dinner. What just happened? And here Joseph is, the exact men that threw him in a pit, sold, literally sold him out sold him into slavery. And now he's the one that's crying in front of them. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a, a group of brothers that's about to be surprised by grace. Verse three, Joseph said to his brothers, guys, I'm Joseph. And look at the first thing he asks. Can I see my dad? I haven't embraced my dad in a really long time. In fact, after all the things that I've walked through, I could really use a hug right now. I mean, strong, I mean, and if you're a dad in the room, I don't know how that doesn't just kind of wreck you just a little bit. The very first thing he wants to do is see his father. What do you think his brothers felt? I mean, it's just so true, but his brothers were not able to answer it because they were, what? Why were they terrified? Because that would, I mean, the moment they realized that it was Joseph is the moment they said, this is our last meal, right? We're done. I mean, we, we have caused so much pain to this guy and now he has authority to do whatever he wants. There is no way that he is not gonna take us out. Guys, enjoy your chicken nuggets because this is it. I mean, they, they thought Joseph was gonna kill him. And look at what Joseph says in verse four. And Joseph said to his brothers, I love this. He didn't say go away from me. Guys, come close. Come close. You already know where I'm going with this. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. You know how hard it was probably for him to say those words. I mean, you could just imagine him trying to get that word out, sold. The one that you, you sold me. You enslaved me. You saw me look up at you in that pit and you walked away. I'm that guy. I'm him. And look at how he turns it in verse five. It's just amazing. 
He says, and now, guys, it's not even about him anymore. He says, guys, don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves. Isn't that where sin leads us? We miss the mark with God, man. We just find ourselves angry with us. It says, for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Go ahead and go to the next verse. For two years now, there has been famine in the land and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, a remnant on earth, and to save your lives by great deliverance. Can I tell you that if, if we are the brothers, can I make an observation that Joseph is a type of Jesus? And the story takes a twist when we realize that we're the ones that have put Jesus in a pit. We're the ones that have nailed him to a cross. We're the ones that have made mistakes. We're the ones that have acted out on our anger and our jealousy. And Jesus looks at us and he says, God sent me ahead of you. I am Emmanuel, God with us. Come closer. In fact, I wanna just show you just a few parallels between Joseph and, and Jesus. In fact, in just a few weeks, pastor's gonna, gonna take a, more time on this, these, this parallel because it's an important theological understanding for us. They were both the object of the Father's special love. Am I right? Go ahead, let's go through these. They were both mocked by their family. They were both sold for pieces of silver, Jesus and Joseph. They were both stripped of their robe. They were both falsely accused. They were both thrown into prison. They were both acknowledged by those in authority. The list could go on and on. I'm just gonna give you just one more. They were both used to save God's people. God used Joseph to save his people from a physical famine. God's using Jesus to save humanity from a spiritual famine. And because of Jesus and the good news of the gospel, it's not just Jews that can come to him now. It's everybody, everywhere, every time, anywhere, anytime. It's the good news of grace. And I pray that you find yourself today surprised by God's grace for you. Because last time I checked, you do not deserve another breath. You do not deserve another moment. I woke up this morning. I already knew what I was preaching. I've already baptized myself in this message. And I sat there and I said, God, why did you even give me kids? I'm so grateful today. I mean, if we don't watch it, man, we, we forget God's grace. And the truth is that every single one of us deserve death. Every single one of us deserve hell. Every single one of us deserve punishment, but God. And God took every ill thing that we've ever done on the cross, and it's not what it looked like. Dev the devil thought it was over, but it wasn't over because something had to die in order for something to be resurrected. And Jesus overcame the death. Three, three days later, he raised himself from the dead. He's alive today, and he's extending grace to you. Now, here's, oh, this, is, oh, this is crazy, all right? If you read the rest of the story, the brothers still had a tough time receiving this. They just had a tough time. They couldn't, they were waiting for the ball to drop. They were waiting. They just, they could not believe that Joseph would actually forgive them. So here's my question as we close. Who are you? Because God looked at their pain, their famine, their shame, their mistakes, and he sent them Joseph. Joseph 
But today, God looks at your pain, your mistakes, your shame, and he sends somebody better. Jesus. And can I tell you, you can trust him. He's not mere man, but he's fully God and fully man. We can trust Jesus. So we have a choice. Are we going to be the brothers that have a tough time receiving his grace? Or when we're surprised by grace, will we receive? Say, God, forgive me. God, come into my life. Lord, I want a brand new start. There's a new start for you today. Would you stand to your feet all across this place? And Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes and just have a question for you today. I'd like to ask every time I ever open up the Bible and it's this, God, what are you saying to me? Would you in your own heart, in your own life, just say, God, what are you speaking to me today? What are you speaking to me? As the band sings this song, I want you to reflect on that question and then I'm gonna come back up and challenge you in just one or two areas. Let's ask that question, God, what are you saying to me?